Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. And today I have with me uh, Justin Gordon, and I'm excited to have Justin. He's a uh, proud USC Marshall MBA alum, and uh, he is also the host of the Just Go Grind podcast. I'm going to have him talk a little bit about some of that in a little bit. But before we get to that, let's learn a little bit more about Justin and his path to business school. And so first off, Justin, uh, thanks for joining me today. I uh, hope you enjoy being on the other side of the normal role that you play. But now that you're on the hot seat, let's just jump in. So walk me through what were you doing before business school and why did you choose to go in the first place? Yeah, thanks, Al, for having me on. And, and right before business school, I was working at an e-commerce company called Clark Toys uh, as VP of operations. I really had my hand in a lot of different things on the marketing side of things, uh, on the really just growth in general. So we did a lot of different things with the newsletter, with social media, with obviously paid advertising, even early on had a subscription box. We had like a six-figure business off of that that we ultimately uh, had to shut down. But all different things with that, as well as my own kind of company on the side, Just Go Fitness, which I had started years and years back. Uh, and I was still doing some online coaching because of what I had built up through, through SEO, through writing blog posts. And, and I was still doing a little bit of that while I was working at Clark Toys. And for me, the reason to go to business school though, was really, I, I felt like I was at a point where I wanted to take kind of the next step and meet more people, build a network and figure out what the next kind of level in my career was going to be. I had learned a lot at Clark Toys and really just, I felt like I almost had like maxed out that experience just at that particular company. And it was great, but I knew I wanted to do something else. And so for me, business school was uh, a chance to really build a network in a, in a new place. And uh, ultimately that ended up being Southern California, a great place to, to be. And uh, in terms of that 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 location and everything with the network around it, it just kind of made a lot of sense for me in my situation. No, thanks for sharing that. And obviously, as you mentioned, you went to to USC Marshall. So talk to me a little bit about why Marshall. What made you select you know that from maybe some other schools? Yeah, and in terms of my you know kind of MBA search, just to give a little context, I was looking everywhere. So some people say uh, you target top schools, target certain areas, target whatever fit for. A, you know, your particular area. For me, being interested in entrepreneurship and really wanting that network, I was looking at schools all over the place. So East Coast, West Coast, and the middle United States, just wanted to find who was going to be the best fit for me and building a network at a place I wanted to ultimately live afterwards. And so what it came down to for me was USC and NYU. And I ended up choosing USC for a variety of reasons. One being that network so strong, even throughout the the process of kind of figuring out what school I want to go to. I had multiple calls with USC. I talked with alumni in Las Vegas before I even made it to Southern California. They're everyone I everyone I talked to, they were they were willing to chat. They're willing to give me the time. And it, they stood out in that regard over, over any other school I had, I had been talking to at that time. And then combination kind of with that network was being in Southern California. I had looked into the startup scene there, seen how it was growing, seen how there's a lot of opportunity within that and entrepreneurship. 
And obviously you have a place like where you're at in Silicon Valley, which is the, the hub for entrepreneurship, but seeing the combination of entrepreneurship, the network at USC, um, as well as just like Southern California lifestyle, you know, a little bit more laid back and the nice weather, obviously it was like kind of the perfect fit for me and what I wanted. That's great. And uh, I think you hit on a bunch of things there, but I want to backtrack a little bit because something I keep hearing over and over again is the word entrepreneurship. It was something it sounds like you went to school for to keep and grow in and something you also even had before business school, uh, at least for you, uh, how, where did that kind of interest start or how did that grow for you in terms of that being a, you know, a thread? Because even in your job at Clark Toys, it sounds like you were still doing other things on the side. Yeah. For me, that really started in, I guess if you want to go really far back in terms of that, the personality to do something on your own went back as far as my first season playing football I want to say it was like fifth grade and I was I had basically I wasn't I joined I joined the team late uh like a week or two late and if you don't know anything about football the first weeks are two a days and so you have this intense training even as a young kid I still remember it was this intense process and I missed the first week or two and so what that did was put me behind in conditioning and so I actually almost quit then and that led to after it was like a moment of my life super early on of okay, I could quit and not play because I was out of shape or whatever, or the next season I could just train the off season and be ready. And I don't know many kids who are writing down pushups and laps around their house and sprints as a kid in like fifth grade, but I was doing that. And so I knew from a pretty young age that I, I, I kind of like to follow my own thing and kind of go above and beyond. And once I got to college, I started reading more business books, uh, one in particular being the four hour work week, Tim Ferriss, like that got a lot of ideas in my head about entrepreneurship. And so actually then I started my first, my first real gig from, from there was personal training in, in summer. So I was going to school uh, in a state school in Wisconsin, in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And in that summer, I was going to do personal training, start my own personal training thing. And I got a client right away before I even moved back to Milwaukee, just for those three months, I got a personal training client. And I was like, this is amazing. You can create something from nothing, create a website, talk to people, and they'll pay you for your knowledge, pay you for what you can bring to the world. And I've been fascinated by entrepreneurship ever since then. That's great. And one of the things I love about that is that uh, all of this would never have happened if you hadn't been late to football camp or to training <laughs> camp when you were in fifth grade. And sometimes uh, some of the uh, opportunities in life kind of stem from either problems or mishaps or uh, things that maybe didn't go as, as planned. So good on you for uh, turning that, uh, taking a lemon and turning it into lemonade. So one thing I want to dig into is your time at USC Marshall. You talked about all the great reasons why you chose it, but talk to me a little bit more about your time there and maybe why don't you zero in on maybe one or two of the more transformational experiences that you had while you were in business school there? Yeah. I mean, the experience itself overall was amazing. Even though, even with the end of it being online because of COVID-19, overall experience was tremendous. I actually wrote a blog post on it. I, I called it my MBA journey or my, my MBA experience at USC. And I wrote a whole thing kind of gathering their thoughts, looking back at the Google calendar to really tag all these different things I did. And in terms of things that kind of stand out, there's a, there's a number of them, but one in particular was our, our prime trip. So we took a trip to uh, everyone kind of goes in their own location and has this business problem they're solving. They work on this project for you know, a couple months of that last, last semester, and they end up choosing a, a place to go to. And and then, you know, present to the company. I went to Hong Kong, also part of China as well um, for that. And just seeing the different culture, being in a different place. And I had really only been to Mexico and Canada at the time. So I hadn't traveled to Asia and experienced that. And even after that, we 
Uh, a bunch of my classmates went to Bali after, I mean, probably dozens of us went there. Just the whole trip in terms of how close you get to these people and thinking through why I went to business school in the first place was the people. And that was an opportunity to get to know people on a deeper level. You have hours and hours, you have these super long flight out there and you're spending all day with these people for a couple of weeks. It was in total. And that I wanted a lifelong network. That's what I paid for, <laughs> for USC. And that trip kind of uh, epitomized that in terms of growing that and really solidifying that with their friends. And it was the, the excitement from that then spilling over to the second year where everyone was so close from having that experience. So the, the highlight of the, of the whole experience at USC Marshall was definitely that prime trip we took at the end of the first, uh, the first year. Uh, that's a great experience. And one of the things that I often tell people who are interested in business school because the network, you know, comes up a lot, but I think what makes it unique and granted, this is a little bit more true during times when there's not COVID-19, but it's still true in some respects. But when you're in business school, you're surrounded by people again, who are all, I mean, you're all on your own path, but you're all working toward a similar goal or similar outcome. And in a lot of ways, again, more so not in COVID-19, but (laughs) you all are literally in the same space for lots of hours at a time, right? In terms of class and then after class you know study groups or uh, learning teams in terms of clubs and activities and those are the opportunities where you to your point where you're building relationships where you're getting to know people where you're learning from them and certainly also in your experiences too as well that's another great example just in terms of those shared moments when you're with a group of people working toward a project or or learning together or or what have you and so I think that is one of the more valuable aspects or when I look back on my own experience, like those are some of the most valuable, uh, valuable moments. And there's many others, but you know, I think that is to me like one of the, um, uh, one of the the values that a full-time education can really provide. And again, I hate having to put the caveat because it is what it is, but it's a little bit trickier to do that, you know, during these times, but there are still some other ways to do that. But I think to me, that's something that kind of stands out because I think a lot of times, right. Um, and you may hear this too, but people are like, oh, like, yeah, it's the network, right? But like, what does that actually mean? And right. so at least for me, this was one of the ways that really materialized. And like when people are like, well, what does that network actually get you? And it's like, it gets you these shared experiences where you get to really learn and get to know people and build relationships in. So, And that's, I mean, that part of it too, just to go a little bit deeper. I mean, in my, in my world of startups and entrepreneurship, there's a lot of people that want to knock getting an MBA. And I, I can see some of the reasons why, like, oh, you don't need an MBA to be an entrepreneur. But from my perspective, the two years you have, one, to figure out more about yourself, to figure out more about what you want, to get a broad experience of of different cultures, different people, whatever it may be. I, I didn't have that before. I definitely did not have this type of network I have now. And also from the people perspective, like I know a lot of investors, entrepreneurs, et cetera, that started from my experience at USC. And like, people could say, well, you could have built that network without USC, without getting an MBA. True in theory, but having that name behind you and making it easier to be like, oh, they're a USC alum looking at people who spoke in class. And I asked so many of them to be on the podcast and they said yes. I mean, all of that stemmed from that experience. And so there's just so much to be said around the people side of it that I can't hammer home enough. And again, that was the number one reason for me to get the MBA though. So, you know, everyone has their own lens and what they want. Maybe someone wants to go for a particular reason and, you know, for a particular industry and that, that's totally fine. But from my perspective of what I was looking for, for like the network was you know like I said that's that's what I paid for and so I really invested heavily in that throughout the two years I think that's a great point and you know fully acknowledging that 
getting an MBA in and of itself is a, is a privilege that, you know, not everyone has access to, but for those that do, you know, one of the things I always tell people is that one of the best things about being in business school is that .edu email address, Ooh, right? Clutch. You know, <laughs> being able to open the, to your point, being able to open the doors, right? Cause you can always put off the card of, Oh, I'm a student. Oh, I'm trying to learn. Oh, I'm trying to uh, get into this field. Um, and you know, you still have to go through it in the right manner of course, obviously, but I think that is a really powerful, a really powerful thing to have to, to your point in terms of being able to get access to people or being able to get on people's calendars or being able to uh, engage with people in, in those kinds of ways. And so that is definitely something that I, you know, people always ask, you know, what's, you know, what are some of the valuable things about being in an MBA, in an MBA program? I'm like, well, in addition to obviously the learning and all that, all the great stuff, um, it's that .edu email address. It can, uh, can definitely go um, a long way. So one of the things, so you talked about one of those transformative experiences that you had. I'm curious, um, you know, business school is a time of learning and certainly time of evolution. And so I'm just curious from either that experience or others, um, how have those experiences helped you kind of think about and evolve your own uh, thought process about your career, right? Just in the context of you go to business school, obviously to learn and grow, but you know, it's really to help you grow in your career. And so I'm curious from being in business school, from those transformative experiences, from getting to talk to entrepreneurs and other networkers, like, or other people in those networks, like, how have you, how has your thoughts on your own career kind of changed as a result of having this MBA experience? Yeah, I think one of the things, Al, with this is just seeing these different people, whether it be guest speakers, whether it be classmates of mine, whether it be professors, the ideas you get from them and you see, it makes it so much more real of like, oh, building a company. Everyone has an idea of what building a company is like, you have this abstract idea of like, oh yeah, like it's hard. Okay. Well go on. Like, what, what do you mean? Like, I mean, do people actually do this? And from that experience in the MBA program, like one of the things that stood out was I didn't, I didn't think that the level of guest speakers we would have, I didn't even like consider that. I just like, oh yeah, like my classmates will be great. These will be amazing people. And they definitely were. But even on top of that, it was the combination of the the people in my class, the professors, and then the guest speakers that in terms of my, my mindset and everything was like, okay, like all these things are possible. I mean, we had people from the top, the top in the business world. And, you know, whether you like them or not, people like Travis Kalanick from Uber, people like Evan Spiegel from Snapchat. Like, I mean, some of like the people who have created the most notable businesses in the world, essentially, uh, they spoke in different places in, in class. And like to get the experience of like hearing that, across different industries, across whether it be uh, men, women, different, like all these different things combined really kind of took my mindset to a place of like, one, anything is possible. Two, these connections are not far out of reach. Uh, and three, they're just regular people. I mean, yeah, some of these people have been maybe like coding for, for like 20 years by the time they were like 24. But I mean, they're still regular, they're like, still like people and like they have issues, they have concerns, they have frustrations and everything just like you. And so I hadn't really actually seen that until I was in the MBA program because I had been around, like my, my cousin's an entrepreneur, so I worked with at Clark Toys. And so I got to see it from him, which was great. But that was like one person. Uh, and I'd seen my, my best friend, Zach, who's been on my show a number of times. Uh, that's, that's another person, but like two people, is, I hadn't really seen much of it. And so once you got to the, the MBA, it was like, oh, seeing that in person was just a whole nother level of expanding my thinking to what's possible and different business models and all the things that I could create with my own career kind of moving forward. That's great. And I mean, even that, the names that you listed alone, and I'm sure there was others, I can just imagine just the amount of learning and insights from those lectures or those opportunities 
But another place where I'm sure you've learned a lot probably has come from uh, your podcast, the Just Go Grind podcast. So talk to us a little bit about that. When did you start it? What gave you the idea to start it? Give us a little bit more details behind it. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been a podcast listener for many, many years. I think going back to even 2010, 2011, maybe like that far back. And so I'd always loved the idea of I could be working out. I could be you know, doing dishes, uh, going for a walk, whatever. All these different things where you normally can't consume content you could do through an audio form. And I've always kind of been obsessed with that. And so I, I didn't really have an idea for what a show might be for me until I started Just Go Grind in, in 2018 in January, um, as I was kind of, you know, transitioning careers before I started at USC later that year. And I started this career site as Just Go Grind, kind of showcasing different careers. And as I moved on more and more, I had sent people interview forms and like, hey, fill this out. I'll post it as a uh, interview on my site. And I was like, that's great. But like, I can't ask follow-up questions there. I can't have this dialogue back and forth. And so I said, why don't I start a, a podcast to showcase people in different careers? So if you look back to some of the earlier episodes, I'm, they're just people in different, different careers, a lot through my own network. And I wanted to start this to sh- showcase to other people what different careers would actually be like. So if someone is a product designer at Facebook, whatever, maybe like, what does this actually look like? And so I showcased that across the first few, but as I moved forward with the interviews, I really just came down to the realization that I, I love talking to entrepreneurs. I'm obsessed with entrepreneurship. I love building things. I love creating things. And that's who I want to talk with the most. I mean, that's who I jive with. That's like my, some of my best friends are entrepreneurs. And so as it evolved, I just shifted into that and really leaned into, okay, let's interview entrepreneurs. Let's show people what it's like to launch and grow a business from people who had actually done it. I mean, and people from, I didn't want to just focus on one area. I know people say, you know, like, you know, find your niche and everything and that's fine. But for me, I, I wanted to showcase a diverse group of entrepreneurs. So again, going back to men, women, people of different cultures, uh, everything, and even people at different size businesses. So I've had people on who have been, you know, coaches with a, maybe a five figure revenue business, up into people who have a hundred million plus revenue business. And so I've showcased all that across the, the show on purpose to show people that you can start one, like starting a business is possible from any background. Anyone can do it. You know, there's not just one type. You may just think, oh, well, it's a lot of like white males who start businesses. And yes, that's true. But if you look for the stories, there are so many stories of people in different backgrounds that have done it and at all different levels, even being venture backed founders that have raised tens of millions of dollars uh, across the spectrum of what business could be. And so really with the show, it showcases entrepreneurship uh, in a diverse way across different areas, different industries to help people launch and grow their own business. That's great. And that's, uh, I love the origin story behind it and hearing a little bit more about how you landed on what it's come to be. And You've done quite a few podcasts to date, uh, and you've been on a little bit of a tear lately, but tell us a little bit about what are some of the interesting lessons that you've learned? I mean, I know you've talked to a lot of people, but if you could pick out a few kind of lessons that really have resonated or stuck out, what would, what would those be? Yeah. The first thing that comes out right away, uh, there's a company called the Against Malaria Foundation, and this organization, it is one of the top rated charities in the world. It's, they have raised over $250 million and their founder, Rob Mather, he, he was on the show, maybe an episode of like uh, 90 something or hundred something. And, and he had this idea of, of 20 minute thinking. 
And the idea that, you know, how can I accomplish a, a massive goal with only 20 minutes of time? And at the time, for one of his first things, he was trying to organize a swim to kind of raise money for, for someone who had, I think it was a, a burn victim. And he said, with only 20 minutes, like, what can I do? Because he wanted to make a massive impact. And so he basically like, looked at all his connections and what he could do. And he, I think he set up like 20 calls of like a minute long. And he got a million people to swim for this cause. And that thinking, when I had that conversation with him, I was like, like, where can you apply this to other areas of life? And you know, this principle of like the 80, 20 rule and everything, it's, it's similar to that, but just thinking of, okay, 20 minute thinking, like what would actually get this job done? And it, it just changes your mindset around, you know, what is the goal you're trying to accomplish and how could you do this with less time? Because ultimately, you know, we, we go through this thing where the, the, ta- the, the, the tasks we're doing will, you know, fill up into the time we allot for them. If you give it three hours, it's going to take three hours. Okay. If you give it three minutes, what would you do? And so that kind of thinking, I love that because thinking outside the box again and again is what entrepreneurs have to do. And that's where you get these companies that are created that people didn't even think was possible. I mean, just give you an example. This morning I was interviewing, um, interviewing a guy who, uh, he, he worked for Tesla originally, and then he started his computer vision company, uh, swing vision around basically tracking like tennis balls. So you can use just your phone to track all you know, your tennis shots and everything. And, and that experience, like it, it's just kind of, it's just kind of insane to think about what's, what's possible when you get pushed beyond kind of the norm. And he got that every day at Tesla. He said he was like 10 feet away from Elon Musk every day. Uh, and he got the thing where like, Elon's like, no, we can't add that. So figure it out, basically. Like, we know we can't do that. So you have to just figure it out. And so like that thinking from people I've had in the show, uh, that's just one example with Rob Mather of Against Malaria Foundation, where you're using this 20 minute thinking to really expand on what's, what's possible. And there's so many different examples from guests. And oftentimes I kind of like put the headphones down after the interview and just like sit for a second. I'm like, whoa, they're doing something really, really cool. And so it's inspirational uh, on my end to like hear the things they're doing and you get these little tactics and strategies and stuff. But also then there's like even things that are just kind of reframe or even just like kind of honing on what you already know of like, okay, these things work. You just have to do them. And you're like, oh, even at the top level, this company raised $80 million. They're just doing this really well. And so sometimes like don't overthink things either. Uh, I, I think that, I think that's great. And, um, no, I uh, just unpacking what it's like to, to, to do a podcast here, but there are definitely a lot of times when I walk away from recording or interviewing someone where um, like selfishly, it's like, it's honestly great for me because it gives me a lot to think about, or yeah. it gives me more things to noodle on or to your point, either it opens my mind into trying something new or it, and it reinforces that I, there's something I know that I need to double down on or go deeper on or something like that. And so as much, I would love to say that this is solely for my audience, but it's, <laughs> it's really helpful to me in, in a lot of ways in terms of just doing the podcast and being able to talk to people who are very thoughtful and interesting and the like. And the other thing that I was going to say to what uh, the example you just gave about 20 minute thinking, it like reminds me a lot of just this idea of being able to lean into constraints to embrace creativity and innovation. Right. And sometimes having those constraints, honestly, is what can help us to really get it creative because we have no, when Elon Musk tells you no, (laughs) 
you got to think of, you better, you better start getting, you, you, I mean, you have no choice, but to get creative uh, in that, in that respect. So. Yeah. And that was a situation where you look this guy, who I interviewed, I mean, Swapnail, he was, he was basically the task with the problem of, of using computer vision at Tesla to figure out how to, you know, automate the cars. And he's like, you, you know, we can't add these LIDAR cameras or whatever, because it's going to make it too expensive is basically what Elon told him. And so they're like, well, like, if we just add two cameras, it's going to make it like really easy. It's not that expensive. It's like, no, you can't. And so they had to just figure out how to do it with the cameras, not using LIDAR. And it was like some crazy constraints to your point. And because of that, you figure out a way to do it better. And he said he walked away from the experience being like, like I didn't think I could accomplish that. And then he did it. And then it's like this fulfillment you get from experiencing that. And uh, that just applies to so many different things. Mm, totally. Absolutely. Uh, talk a little bit more just about building the podcast and what that experience has been like in terms of, obviously you have this, this gene for entrepreneurship, this desire for entrepreneurship, and certainly that comes through with, with everything you've done, but in particular the podcast, but what, what's the experience like, um, you know, building something like this and knowing that you have, you know, you know I forget what you're on now, 180, 190 yeah, episodes or 80 something. Yeah. yeah. So what, what's that been like? Uh, it's been a grind. <laughs> I mean, the show is obviously just go grind and it has been a grind. I, I think when I, when I step back, like my North star in, in everything kind of here is like, I want to positively, positively impact a billion people. And when I step back from that, in terms of what I'm doing currently, it's like, is that moving me towards that or not? And my thought process behind that with the podcast is the more influential people I can talk to, the more people that they will influence, who then will influence other people. It has this network effect of sorts where then I'll get to a billion people. And when I think about the podcast itself and growing this and everything, I just think of, okay, can I bring very energetic, useful people on who have done cool things that will be great for my audience, inspire them, give them tactics and strategies and showcase a diverse group of industries and people. And I think that gives me kind of like the leverage moving forward to do interesting things with it. And so the reason, I mean, I went daily on August 1st, I'd been doing like weekly uh, before then. And my thought was like, I just want to double down on this. Like I love doing the interviews. I have so many connections where like, if I did just weekly, like 52 people is then all I would do in, in a year in terms of like number of interviews. And I was like, wait a minute, like I know way more people than 52 that would be great for the show. And why do I put that constraint on myself to just do, you know, one a week? Like why not I just do one every single day? And what that's forced me to do is one, get guests every day, of course, which is obvious, but two, then getting guests in a different way. So I'm asking for referrals from every guest, which then gets me access to a whole new group of people. And like the investors and entrepreneurs I have in my network at this point, I, if you told me two years ago, those are the people I would be talking to every day, like it's normal now, uh, I would be like, you're crazy. Like, there's just no way. And the amount is insane too. And what that's helped me to do and allowed me to do then with building this network is then connect entrepreneurs to investors, connect, connect investors to entrepreneurs and really providing value to these people I have on the show. So it's not, you know, obviously it's, it's valuable to get exposure to an audience, but even beyond that, it's like, oh, they t if they mention they're raising money right now for their company in a new round, which happens a lot, it's like, okay, well, here's these 30 or 40 investors I know of. Are any of them useful for you? And if it is, like, great, happy to make the intros. And it goes the other way too, where I know these investors, I'm like, hey, you know, this is someone I think you should talk to. And being able to do more of that only comes with me deciding to do a daily podcast to grow the network even more. And then this is also the foundation for 
many, many things kind of moving forward off of, uh, I want to eventually have a book out. I want to eventually potentially do some angel investing, investing side of things. Um, and then also building a community, which may or may not be doing, we'll, we'll see. There's other things that are coming be- because of this, um, that this has kind of laid the groundwork for more things to come. That's all great. And I love that. And I think the thing that I anchor on most of everything that you just said was your ability to clear, have, have clarity around what your North Star was and is, and, and, and things kind of fall. I mean, you have to do the work, but things kind of fall in place once you have that. Right. And I think that's really critical and huge and something that I really encourage MBA students to really think about if they don't have it. Um, and, and business school is a great time to really put some thought behind it because you do have the time and space and in uh, and, and support network to, to, to really do that. And uh, I think, I think that helps, I think potentially drive some of the more tactical decisions or things that you choose to pursue. And certainly too, like being able to lean into something like going um, we, daily that starts to put the wheels in motion of like, okay, well, like if that is a constraint, well, how do I do that? Or how do I back into that? Okay, well, I need more, I need more gas. How do I get more gas? Well, I, I need to make sure I ask, when I have someone to refer me to some, to give me some other options. And so things, uh, things start to fall in place, but it all starts with knowing like, okay, well, what's that North star and, and how do I do something in a way that works, works toward that. Right. Yeah. They start to snowball once you have that. I think it's important to understand like it has to start with that first off of like, what do you, what's the, goal. Like, what are you trying to get toward? I mean, without a goal, you can't score. And so it starts with that. And then for me, at least, like I've always tried to do things where what are the habits I can stack on a daily basis that build off of each other. And so for me, it's like, you know, you talked about constraints a bit. It's okay. I have to get a podcast out every single day, period. And a story like that is the one thing right now that I for sure do every single day. I get up in the morning and release the podcast. And it's been like that since August 1st. And that won't change for a very long time. And so like, that's the first thing. And then it's like, okay, what's the second thing going to be? And like, oftentimes for me, that's working out where that's just a daily thing. Typically, like the, the, what can change in terms of what you do, but the, the thing you do itself is still going to be done like through the workout. And so even if people are thinking about the, you know, this MBA and applying it to that, like one, like why are you getting the MBA in the first place? What yeah. is the goal with the MBA? And then in terms of like the experience, or even just think of anything else from that, like what habits can you stack that make the most of it? If you're really trying to get the most out of the networks out of the MBA, well, are you reaching out to people every day with that edu email that you have now or are you not because if you do like if you reach out to someone every day i mean two years you're reaching out to 700 people like you know I, there's just so many things you can do when you stack this thing on a, a daily basis and for me uh with with daily there's no excuse if you say something weekly then you're like well do i do it tuesday do i do it thursday do i do it saturday but when it's daily there's no question you just do it every day and it makes it easier mentally yeah so obviously this, this, this podcast is geared towards prospective MBA students and MBA students. Um, I'm curious, think about the mantra, just go grind. How would you apply that to business school or how would, how would you kind of, uh, use that mantra or take that mantra and give advice based off of that to, to MBA students? Yeah. The one thing about the MBA, I mean, it's such a process to get in, right? There's so much you have to do. You're trying to prepare for the test. You're trying to then do the best you possibly can, write the best possible essays. And in terms of applying this just go grind concept, for me, it's all about doing the work. And so all you focus on is what's in front of you. 
So if you know that you want to get the MBA, you've made, you've made that one decision. Okay. Well, what's the next hurdle? And you just think of the next hurdle and that next hurdle is that test. And now it's weird because of COVID because some don't require it, I think, but it, it, that's where the next hurdle. And so what can you do to put in the work to study for this exam, understand that this is what's going to get you to that end goal. And then from there you do the exam and depending on how that goes, like you, you adjust along the way, but it's really all about just like putting in the work. And so, you know, some of these things are not fun. Like definitely did I enjoy studying for the GMAT? No, I did not enjoy studying for the GMAT. I, most people are doing an MBA have been working for three, four, five, six years before they haven't been studying and like not this math and everything else for the GMAT. And for me, like I never thought I'd go back to school. And so for me going to school again and having to do the GMAT and uh, write these essays and apply for everything, it's just like, I just thought of like, I have to do the work to get to where I want. And I one thing at a time. And then for any prospective student, like that's the same thing. Like, just like, what's that next step in the process? Do that so you can get to where you want to get to. I love that. I love that advice. Uh, Justin, thank you so much for, for being here today, for talking a little bit about your experience of going to business school and unpacking what you've learned from the Just Go Grind podcast. If our listeners want to engage with you, where can they find you? Yeah, so they can check out the, the podcast, justgrind.com slash podcast. If they want to go directly to the podcast on Just Go Grind, a lot of other things there. And they can also feel free to email me, justin at justgrind.com. Well, Justin, uh, thanks so much for joining me on the NBA Insider Podcast. Really appreciate it. Keep up the great work with Just Go Grind, and uh, you're welcome back on here anytime. Thank you so much, Al. I really appreciate it. Hi, everyone. Al D here. And thank you so much for listening to the NBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.